fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Is it really that time again? Boy, oh boy, does the day fly right on by. Hey, welcome into the show. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. What up? Thanks for hanging out with us today. Many individuals heading off home from work, many just maybe starting to wrap up work a little bit, or whenever you listen to this podcast, it could be the middle of the night. If so, then hello and welcome into the show. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. I mean, if you're listening to the show as a podcast overnight, then i got to have the soothing overnight voice. Like really no talk show host out there today in overnight talk radio except for maybe george nori with coast to coast am he's got kind of that soothing voice that uh, i can listen to all the time and he talks about some really fun stuff lots to get to on the program today we got a lot to cover bottom of the hour uh phil kirpin american commitment he'll be joining us we'll talk about here's something for you we're already at you know 8.6 percent inflation consumer what is a wholesale consumer prices are up 10.8 percent in the month of May, near the record annual pace. And now, with the Democrats that are looking at trying to compensate as they're saying, well, we need to raise interest rates, meaning there's not going to be as many people taking out loans, whether it's mortgages, whether it's car loans, whether it's personal loans, whether it's student loans, whatever. Uh, They're not taking out as many of those, which means the government's not getting as much money. What are they doing to compensate for that? Oh, yeah, they're looking at taxing your energy usage. Meaning we're going into the extreme heat here in the Kansas area where I'm at. It's sitting near 100 degrees over the last two days, and it's not going to get any cooler, at least for the next week or so. And uh, they want to tax additionally the prices of you using your energy. So we'll talk with American Commitment and Phil Kirpin about that at the bottom of the hour. First and foremost today, happy Flag Day to you. Does that uh, anybody else tell you that yet? Anybody else say happy Flag Day or did anybody even know that it was Flag Day today? Kind of an important day. Now, I'm a dork like that. And in most uh, years in the past, we've used this day to talk about flag etiquette, which I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on today because obviously we're in a condensed uh, format right now with only one hour. And we have a lot of things to talk about. But I do want to carve out a little bit of time to talk about the importance of it, because while apparently we just have holidays for everything now with you know, obviously Pride Month that's going on this month and with uh, other different awarenesses and different things where we get holidays off. It's a paid federal holiday. Juneteenth coming up on Monday next week, which is a great holiday and we need to celebrate it absolutely with the freeing of the slaves. I would think an important historical monumental uh, day with uh, uh, Juneteenth coming up on Monday. It is now an official federal holiday to where the stock market is closed on Monday. Never happened before, but now that is going to be a thing. President's Day is not, which I find very strange. So we're trying to figure out what the important holidays are and what holidays aren't actually important. Flag Day, to me, I think is a great reminder because we have very few patriotic holidays. We have Memorial Day, we have Veterans Day, and we have Fourth of July for the independence. That's about it. I think Flag Day would be a great one. Now we have other ones, but they're not actually like federally recognized, like shut down everything and let's celebrate these days as patriotic days. And I think personally that we need more of those. Why the hell not? 
Uh, when it, well, Andy, what about like school? Well, right now school's out, but I really honestly think, and there's a conversation to be had about year round school and taking off like two to three weeks per quarter or something or per semester to where you can actually have some still decent good time off, but maybe just doing year round school. So that way on flag day, we could learn about something like this because how many public schools nowadays don't actually learn about Flag Day or understand the flag or know what the flag represents with the stars or the different colors on it? These are things that are starting to slip away. Now, I know at the left side of the aisle, I know what you're saying. Andy, that's called nationalism and that's Nazism and fascism. <laughs> I know that's what you're saying because you don't have an appreciation for American tradition and symbolism and the love of country. Not for the government, and I have to reiterate that, and we'll get to that in a second. Not for the love of government, but for the love of country and what it actually symbolizes. Is this day, back in 1777, the Continental Congress, the Second Continental Congress, declared the American flag would have 13 stripes, alternating red and white, along with 13 stars, uh, with the white stars in the blue field, representing the new constellation of uh, states that are united as one nation that is the United States of America. Now, with that 13 stripes, again, if you don't know the difference between the red and white and what they represent, I would Google it. We've gone through that in the past, and I don't want to go down that road today, but I think it's extremely important to have June 14th of 1777 when the Continental Congress uh, signed the decree about what the American flag would look like and what it actually stands for is kind of an important day. And in a time when we apologize for this nation, when we despise this nation, when we hate this nation, for those out there that are burning the flag and saying that, uh, uh, what did Barack Obama's pastor say? Oh, that's right. Damn America. Not God bless America, but God damn America. That's what the other side of the aisle believes. And when they're the ones running the public education system, that would make sense why we have a nation full of mass shooters who despise children who despise humanity in general, who have no value for life. And then while they focus on gun bills, we should be focusing on, I don't know, maybe just appreciating the things that we have in the country. Uh, not to be preachy or anything, just to remember that today is Flag Day. Happy Flag Day to you. And oh, by the way, if you are going to have an American flag, like hanging outside your house or on a flagpole, remember some of the basic etiquette. Just please because that's a debate that I don't want to have right now, but I think we need to have, because guess what? It does matter. It is symbolic. It is meaningful. And for those that have defended it with their lives day in and day out, year upon year, to make this nation what it is, even with all of its flaws, still making it the greatest nation on the face of the earth, we have to say God bless all of you and happy Flag Day to you, because that is a symbol of pride. It is a symbol of freedom, and it is a symbol of beacon of hope and love and light around the world, which is why we have a major immigration crisis here in the nation, because everybody wants to come to the great U.S. of A. And again, it's for love of country, not for love of government. Because you know what government's given us? You know what the public sector has given us? A whole bunch of lies and manipulation. Got to be <laughs> got to be honest. I mean, that's really what they do. There's not a single agency or department out of the federal government that runs efficiently. There's not a single politician up there that's able to actually make things run smoothly up there. I mean, they have some good ideas. There are some that actually are trying to fight the good fight, and we hat tip and salute them all the time. But there is very few that can actually get it done in the hordes to make something productive happen out of Washington, D.C. So we realize, government. I hope we realize, or starting to realize, that government is never 
And again, trigger warning for the progressives on the other side of the aisle listening to this program. Never the answer. Ever, 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 ever. Andy, what about no, never, ever? We can find a way to do things locally on the community level. Here's what I mean. And here's a perfect example. We just went through the last two years of COVID-19. And while we're still kind of sort of there, it's dropped off from the media, but Fauci's out there saying, hey, we need to start remasking again. Because of these new variants or because of now this monkeypox that's kind of dipped out of the news again for some reason, uh, we don't know what's going on with our health. And while we've gone through mask mandates and a push for the vaccines, and for those of us that chose not to get vaccinated, that we're not listening to God, meaning Fauci, we're not listening to the government, we're not listening to the health officials, whatever excuse they try to throw out there, that now we're two years into it, we're starting to see the lasting effects, the what they like to call the unintended consequences from COVID or the decisions that we made during the COVID-19 pandemic. One of them being the results of the side effects potentially from the COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> now, I'm not saying this in a way to try and shame anybody who's gotten the vaccine or to make you decide whether you want to get the vaccine or not. I'm saying, like we've said this entire time, that you have a choice on whether you want to put something in your body or not. And those that try to force you into it have a serious illness meaning in their head because they want to just not abide by your personal wishes of what you want to do with your own personal health. So there's a new study that's come out from someone who's leaked information from the CDC and from the federal government to Rens Law, which you can find rens-law.com. And the title of this study is called the vaccine cover-up, quote-unquote, where the Wren's Law breaks down all this data that's been leaked from the federal government that they're not reporting to you. So I ask you, whether you decided to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine, if this information would have changed your mind on your decision on whether you wanted to get the vaccine. And again, if it didn't because you weighed the options and you know what, I still feel safer getting the vaccine as opposed to getting the COVID virus without the vaccine, then that's your personal choice. And all the power to you. But according to this, they break down. So what they did was they studied those that are on Medicare, which, by the way, eight, did you know this? This is a mind-boggling stat to me. As of 2019, right before the pandemic hit, 18% of the entire U.S. population was on Medicare. That's near 60 million individuals, 59.4 million people. That's a lot of damn people on Medicare. That's a lot of people on government-run health care that... Uh, Drives me nuts. Anyways, they show those that are on Medicare because Medicare, obviously, being a government health care industry, is able to document the health uh, tracking from individuals that are on there based on the times they go to the doctor and what they have, what uh, what they're going there for. They did a tracking based on those that got the vaccine and didn't get the vaccine that are on Medicare. Now, I will say the vast majority of these, obviously, are individuals that are disabled or elderly because they automatically qualify for Medicare. So it's predominantly the older demographic that's in this study. But even with that, that's cause for concern, I think, in, in itself. As according to this study and the data that was released from the federal government that they're not reporting to you, Individuals under the age 80 years old of the number of persons who died within 14 days of getting the COVID-19 vaccine included 19,400 individuals. People over 80 years old was 28,065 with a grand total of 47,465 individuals that died within 14 days of getting their COVID-19 vaccine. Um, 
That's according to those that were just on the Medicare from the federal government. Now they go on to talk about state by state on some of the additional medical issues that arose within 28 days of vaccination. Now they label this very specifically a patient who did not have any serious condition starting January 1 of 2020 when the vaccine really came out to the public to the time of their vaccination. Whether it was a year, whether it was six months, whether it was eight months, whatever, there was no serious medical conditions with them between January 1 of 2020 to the time they got the vaccine with no medical issues. Then they get the vaccine and within 28 days, they have some serious issues. And they break down the vast majority of the potential side effects that you could have between these syndromes and these infarctions and these paralysis and all these other weird issues. And they break it down by state based on the state Medicare systems that report to the federal government. New York State itself, based on just Medicare participants, saw near 30,000 individuals with side effects just from the COVID-19 vaccine. The state of Missouri, obviously a little bit smaller populated state, had over 9,000 side effects from Medicare recipients. California at 41,000 and the state of Texas at near 31,000 individuals with side effects that had no medical issues prior to that had side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, whether you like Andy, that's small numbers compared to the millions that got the vaccine. I ask you again, where is this being reported in the free and fair, transparent information from the federal government and why G O Y we don't trust the federal government in any way, shape or form today. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Reading all those stats about the COVID-19 vaccine uh, side effects isn't to try and deter people from getting the vaccine or to change their mind or try to shame. Be like, how dare you get that vaccine and fall for their crap? Uh, But... It is trying to, number one question, hey, you know what, are we getting all the information from the government while they say that they're being open and transparent and they're trying to help us through this pandemic and then it leads and bleeds into other issues as well that we're seeing with, oh, I don't know, the LGBTQ community or the critical race theory issue or the immigration issue or the Russia and Ukrainian issue or the gun issue or... We could just go on or the inflation issue. We could just rattle off every single issue right now is that while we're looking at a flag day today and representing what the flag is supposed to be, and we've used and abused the patriotism in this nation with those trying to say that because you're patriotic, you're you're therefore a white supremacist or you're a racist and all this other garbage that we stand for what the idea of the country is. Because remember, when everybody tries to create something, it's through a vision. When you start a business, You have a vision in your mind of what you want it to be, and you're always progressing to make it to be what that vision was supposed to be, whether it is uh, just being able to open the doors and have a shop, whether it's supposed to be a multi-billion dollar corporation, whether you want it on public trading so that way it could be that big. Whatever your goal is at the end of the day, you have a vision for it, and you pursue that vision. The United States had a vision When the founding fathers created it. And was it right where they wanted it to be when they created it? No. Democrats don't have a vision. I take that back. They have a destructive vision of let's go back to that time to where we're riding around in horse and buggies. And we kill off all the cows because we don't want any flatulation from them because that creates methane. And that's a whole global warming conversation that I don't want to get into right now. But they have some weird vision. It's kind of strange, but it's a vision nonetheless. It's a vision where humanity isn't humane because we don't value life in any way, shape, or form. It's a vision where we just go at each other because of identity politics to where we look at the skin color to judge someone based on the skin color to decide whether we need to apologize or whether we need to play the victimization. It's a society where it's a a vision to where we could just be any gender we want and everybody's just gender neutral and we just go about our day with no... Um, personality in any way, shape, or form because you as a human being are no longer a human being. You're just part of a collective group that they want you to be in. That's the vision Democrats have. Our vision is we want America to be what Donald Trump said during the campaign trail was wanted it to be great. We want America to be great again. We had our moments of greatness. Let's find ways to combine all those greatnesses and be able to move forward to make it an evolutionary country to where we can see greatness once again. Because playing the identity politics, playing the victimization, not having a vision for the future, all of that is what's bringing us down. And I think we're seeing a lot of the disasters that we are in today's times. So let's bring that back. But we can't do that when we don't trust the leaders. We can't do that when we don't trust the government, which is why government ratings right now and approval is at an all-time low. Joe Biden is at an all-time low, and he's starting to get a little snippy about it, by the way, too. I don't know if you heard the clip of, you know, I'm tired of people talking about spending. We're not spending. Uh, we're not overspending that's causing inflation. We're helping people. We're saving people. What's wrong with you, damn it? And not quite just grasping common sense or reality. So I don't want to focus on him because he's just, I feel bad for him, honestly. But let's bring the American greatness back by trusting our institutions in our government by them being completely open and transparent. And whether you still want to get the vaccine after what we just read or not is up to you. But you should know. 
You should know and that knowledge is power. Knowledge allows you to make the proper decision making. Kind of like the gun bill, knowledge is power. Understanding firearms makes you understand, wow, maybe passing gun laws is a really stupid idea because it doesn't actually do anything. But yet it seems like Republicans are on board with it, as Mitch McConnell has come out and said that if the bill is anything like what's being discussed right now, he will likely support the gun safety bill, according to TheHill.com. Republicans and Republican leadership, as expected, right on cue have officially caved and are ready to support the next feel-good bill that is going to do nothing except make it harder for you to express your constitutional rights. Bill Kirpin, right around the corner with American Commitment. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already on the home stretch. Flies right on by. So I went a little, I guess, emotional, patriotic, preachy in that last little bit here for the segment. But it's Flag Day, and I think that we need to remember that and remember what's really going on in the nation. and what we When we say we love the country and we respect the flag on it's not the government, it's the symbol of America. It's the vision. It's the idea. It's you as a business owner wanting to create a vision for your business and trying to pursue that, never quite reaching that ultimate utopia, but also trying to make it the best that you can and working it, striving to improving it every single day. And I think that's a good lesson to live, not just in the personal level with the private sector and a business creation, but also as a nation as a whole. Unfortunately, I think that we're starting to slip a little bit because we've been so sidestepped and side distracted with so many other issues that we've forgotten what the vision of this nation actually is. So uh, with that, where are we at today? How do we move forward? We're going into election season, which is hilarious because the other side has nothing to run on unless they pass this gun bill. And they can say, hey, we strong-armed Republicans into doing a strong gun bill. And, oh, by the way, what Michael Moore said on MSNBC. Um, we need a moratorium, perhaps, on gun sales. Um, we need to, Who will say on this network or any other network in the next few days it's time to repeal the Second Amendment. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. We'll get back into that here in just a little bit and talk about that gun bill, where it's at and where it's going to go. But right now, let's shift gears into what's trending of the day. 
What's trending today? So here in Wichita, we're on based out of, which we have listeners on radio stations all over the country right now. But with Wichita right now, we are really hot right now. It is ridiculously hot. And the I saw my email come in with my energy usage, and my energy usage has jumped up pretty dramatically week over week with the AC cranking a little bit. And those that are watching the video stream, by the way, my suntan is getting better I'm still like a lobster right now, but it's at least on my arms, it's starting to get like a nice base tan. I just wish my neck wasn't blistering right now and rubbing against my shirt, which has been painful for the last two days. Thank you very much. But uh, apparently the federal government's trying to find ways to bring in more revenue because, well, they're thinking about suspending the gas tax temporarily. Don't think it's going to happen, but they've at least floated that idea out there. So they need to bring in more revenue. We're spending more money. Joe Biden needs to hold up to his ideas, saying that he's somehow like paying off the deficit or like cutting the deficit, which isn't true, but he's trying to lie his way through that one as well. So their new plan, apparently, is to push for new energy taxes. That makes that makes a whole lot of sense, right? I mean, we're just using more energy. We're talking about potential brown and blackouts throughout Texas all the way to California with some of the energy with all the high uh, heat and uh, some of the summertime seasons that we get to enjoy, plus all the people that we're forcing onto electric vehicles as well. We need to find new ways to tax you. And it sounds like the energy may be the way to go. And uh, excited to have on the program to talk about this and more. He is the president of American Commitment. We've had him on the show many times before. You can find them online at AmericanCommitment.org. But it's the man himself, Mr. Phil Kirpin, with us here. Phil, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. And it's great to be with you, as always. Yeah, it's always good to talk with you. I love our conversations. And it is a, it's always sad, though, when we bring you on because we're fighting something that is so absurd and ridiculous. We have 85 8.6% inflation. Wholesale prices have skyrocketed to over 10%, according to CNBC right now. We have gas prices that are almost reaching $5 a gallon nationwide as an average. And now they're talking about putting taxes on energy usage because apparently that's going to solve all the issues, Phil. What the heck's going on? Yeah, actually, I think the national average is over five now. Uh, at least, you know, it depends which website you like to go to for your data, but a few of them anyway are over five. Mm. And, uh, you know, gasoline is up more than 50% in the past year. Energy's up more than 35%. You ran through all those other numbers. You would think that everyone with a brain cell in Washington, D.C., would be trying to figure out how to make energy less expensive, how to have more production. And instead, we've got this remarkable remarkable spectacle of multiple business groups, business groups, mind you, uh, shopping carbon taxes around town. And for people who forgot, carbon tax is the idea that you tax energy based on the amount of carbon dioxide that's emitted when the energy is uh, produced. And so, you know, you have a very heavy tax on coal, you have a very heavy tax on, uh, you know, oil, you have a little bit less of a tax on natural gas and, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, this is, you know, Obama had a even more twisted version of this called cap and trade that he pushed in his first term is one of the reasons the, the, uh, you know, the Democrats got blown out in that 2010 election. A lot of us thought this idea was dead uh, because we thought, you know, Republicans in the business community were pretty much united against it. And then what do you know? You've got business groups, including the lobbyists for the big oil and gas companies, the American Petroleum Institute, going around town saying, actually, what we need is a carbon tax. It's pretty remarkable. I don't even know. Honestly, Andy, I'm not even sure I can make sense of it if I tried. I've got some <laughs> theories, but it is so insane 
you know, it's almost impossible to understand why such a thing is happening. It is sad, and I want to get into the business side of it with corporations in a second, but let's talk about the consumers for a minute here. When they, when the Federal Reserve comes out and says, we're going to raise interest rates, and I asked our congressman in my district here, why does somehow raising interest rates somehow battle inflation? And his response is their crazy, wild, twisted logic in Washington, D.C. of, well, if we just raise interest rates, then that raises, that that limits and narrows the amount of people that are available and can afford to take out loans or do whatever they do with the interest rate so high. So therefore, it limits the amount of demand onto the supply so we can start balancing things out. And it sounds like this is what they're trying to do with the energy market. You put taxes on energy, less people can afford it, so therefore less people are using the energy, so therefore we can replenish the energy surplus and we can get back on track here. But why in the world would you do this? Number one, during the middle of the heat season when people are needing their air conditioners and needing to do what they do during the summertime to stay cool, and then you start affecting the low-income individuals going into an election season that says, hey, you can't afford it. We're going to turn off your lights. We're going to turn off your air conditioner. We're going to turn off your gas. We're going to turn off everything because you can't afford it. And that's supposed to be a proper campaign tactic to get into election season? Well, I think I think it was supposed to stay secret. <laughs> <That's the election. laughs> you know, I don't think, for the reasons you said, I don't think they, they want to be public about this being a plan. Uh, but, you know, they, they, do, they do want to push it. And, you know, to your point, you know, the, the theory behind these taxes has always been, you know, this is the way we'll solve global warming because we'll make it so expensive for people to use oil and gas and coal that they'll have no choice but to switch to nothing but wind and solar and electric vehicles, and uh, that'll save the world from global warming. So that's kind of the theory historically behind these taxes. But, of course, you know, if those technologies are not ready to replace fossil fuels, and they're still not despite decades of subsidies and us being told about a million times that they're so close to being ready, then what you actually do is you just make everyone pay more. And you might reduce demand a little bit, but you don't really drive massive large-scale substitution because people still need to fill their gas tank. They still need to heat and cool their homes. And so it's not like you you make it so expensive and suddenly everyone switches like uh, by magic. Instead, what happens is for the vast, vast majority of people, they've just got to pay more. They yeah. just, they, the money just comes out of their pocket. But they're looking out for the people, right? I mean, we just passed the the initiative to where we can send you a $35 rebate for your cell phone and internet bill, right? It's, uh, I think it's 30 bucks uh, if you, your income's low enough, you can get 30 bucks a month now. Uh, you know, I guess it was bipartisan, so the federal government's going to pay your internet bill. Um I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much stuff like that really helps. I mean, you know, the thing is, this is like, you know, there's this. There was a very funny Saturday Night Live thing from the '70s where they got like Dan Aykroyd as Jimmy Carter saying, you know, my solution to inflation is just to print more money and send it out to you. Yeah. And like, at least in the '70s, people got that that was a joke. Now that seems to be the actual like official policy of our administration and other Democrats. They're like, oh, everything's expensive. We'll just send more checks. We'll uh, you know we'll send we'll print more money to send it to you so you can afford to buy stuff. Even though obviously that's going to make everything even more expensive, but they they don't have any real solution. So that's what they've got. Yeah, they don't have any solutions, and it's pretty upsetting. As we're talking with Phil Kirpin, president of American Commitment, AmericanCommitment.org. Their big push right now is to try and get everybody onto the electric vehicles to stop driving their cars, their cars and their gas guzzling cars. If you can't afford five, six dollar gallons of gas, then just go buy a sixty thousand dollar electric vehicle. Let's say that ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent of the American population does something like that. 
if we're going to see taxes already on energy usage because energy usage is really bad and we can't sustain it, so we're going to price people out of the market, how in the world are we expected to go to an electric vehicle to start plugging in our cars every night? Well, that's going to be a huge strain on the electric grid if they can actually succeed with that. Uh, I don't know, you know, short of uh, building a whole bunch of new nuclear plants, which, of course, nobody on the left ever wants to do, I don't see how they're going to, as a practical matter, meet that electricity demand. And, you know, they'll, they'll you know, I guess if people are charging at night when there's not as much uh, demand, then maybe that helps. But, it's you know, you look at their... You look at their policy on electric vehicles. This is another thing that I think is going to cause massive, massive problems. It's kind of poorly understood. The, the Biden administration policy, their official policy behind the uh, fuel economy regulations they put out of DOT and EPA, and it actually says this in the EPA rules, their assumption is that each manufacturer, each auto manufacturer, will sell 17% of all new sales electric vehicles in model year 2026. Now, model year 2026 is like three years from now. And I think most manufacturers are selling like 2 or 3% now electric vehicles. So the, the only, if the only way you can comply with their new fuel economy rules is for 17% of your sales to be electric vehicles, what is that going to do to the price of regular cars and trucks? Because they're going to have to restrict the supply to be able to meet the new regulations. And so what I think is actually going to happen if they don't back off these rules is we're going to have, uh, you know, the price of non-electric vehicles is going to go totally haywire because the supplies are going to be artificially restricted. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, Phil, we got to take a break here for a hard break. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Hey, fantastic. Hang on the line here. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation, the electric grid. We're going into the heat in the summer across the country. The brownouts and blackouts, we're already starting to see them because of the pressure on the system and Apparently, they just want to make it worse. We'll talk about what we can do to change some of that when we come back here. It is a post-Monday celebration on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last few minutes left. We're hanging out with Phil Kirpin. American Commitment. AmericanCommitment.org is the website. Check out his latest piece there. Reject new energy taxes with energy prices already soaring. Now, Phil, uh, while we were having that conversation in the last segment, I was flashing back to the fact that just over a year ago, in February of last year, 2021, we had those extreme cold freezes come through, especially in the Kansas area. We were sitting at like near negative 18, negative 20 degrees, and everybody unknowingly obviously turned up their heat so that way their pipes didn't freeze and they could survive and not get sick or you know get pneumonia and die. And we're suffering the consequences of that. I still personally have a $1,000 electric bill that still needs to be paid that's outstanding from that specifically and we've paid off about half of that already and i have until february of next year to get the rest of that paid off because because the gas bills were up so insanely high like what sixty dollars or six hundred dollars per cubic foot whatever they jumped up to uh, temporarily that's insane when my gas bills anywhere between usually uh anywhere between well mine's lumped in with like trash and everything else it's like a hundred bucks a month for everything and uh now we're looking at a thousand dollars that it was over like twenty five hundred dollars that's what people could potentially see as we go into the summer season here if they continue this policy wouldn't it well we could have a very tough summer uh for electric bills and for just the reliability uh, of electric as well uh the the grids are now running uh, much uh, thinner in terms of their baseload capacity than they have historically uh, because so many coal plants have now been retired. And so you know, when, when you have a lot of renewables in the mix, which we've sort of forced in uh, with you know, all the various subsidies and mandates and so forth, um, you have a lot more, uh, you know, you, you create a lot more sort of uh, you know, unreliability because the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. And so you've got to be able to fire up natural gas peaking units to back those up. And you have to build a lot of redundancy. And uh, what's happened in a lot of places, unfortunately, is the political and the economic uh, environment for coal has been such that a lot of plants were retired you know, decades before when they were scheduled to be, uh, which hammers uh, which hammers ratepayers twice, actually, because typically the utility is allowed to recover their stranded costs of retiring a plant before they intended to. And so all of the, uh, you know, sort of the, the asset value that they were planning to depreciate and now they have to write off at once, that goes into the rate base so you pay for it. And then you get hammered when demand rises and the, the supply isn't there. And so the, the price runs higher and uh, you get hit with a higher bill again. And um, Potentially, a lot of people think, you know, depending on how hot this summer is, that we could look at we could be looking at significant brownouts and blackouts because the baseload capacity is just not there, and it's very hard 
to reverse that, right? Because when so much of it has been, you know, retiring coal plants because of the regulatory environment coming out of Washington, you know, how do you, how do you ever convince an operator that they should build a build a coal plant ever yeah. anymore when you know they know that even if you get a Republican administration for four years, which gives you you know kind of a green light for that, like Trump did. Well, they know Democrats are going to be back at some point, and they're going to hammer you and punish you for doing that. And so what happens is um, basically coal plants are out. Even gas plants, they're sort of skeptical at this point. Everyone wants to build wind and solar, which, you know, you can collect lots of subsidies for. But, you know, then you have a cloudy day or then you have a day where the wind's not blowing and uh, where, you know, you have a lot of demand at nighttime and you have a lot of problems. And these grids were not really designed uh, for, you know, electricity that's not reliable. Well, exactly. I mean, the efficiency is just not there. While it's a good idea maybe for an individual at a personal level to look at those things, which I do highly encourage individuals to do, to try and do it on a grand wide scale for an entire city or an entire complex or an entire large scale project. It's just not efficient enough to do that. In about 30 seconds here, talk about, I mean, in the positive side, can we still build coal plants? What's the opportunity that we can do here to try and put some more energy back into the market and try and limit some of these costs? Yeah, it's really tough. I think, unfortunately, uh, the opportunity for coal is more of an export opportunity uh, because China and India are building hundreds of coal plants. And, you know, I would like to see us I would like to see us get a you know get a rail get an export terminal on the west coast and be able to sell into those markets. But bringing it back domestically, I just don't see the economics working because of the political headwinds. Even if you get an administration with the right policies, just how do you build a 50-year asset when you know the Democrats are going to be back at some point? So I think you got to focus on gas, uh, not on coal. Uh, but even that's got a lot of headwinds right now with bad policy from Washington. Yeah. It's going to be a work in progress for a long time, and we don't see any end in sight right now. It's Phil Kirp at American Commitment, AmericanCommitment.org. Phil, always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do it again soon. All right. Have a good one. Hey, always a pleasure. That does it for us today. As usual, podcast up in just a bit. Until then, Congressman Bob Latta from Ohio back with us tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.